Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me and my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jehu. Uh, back again to do a news episode, mostly because we just could not convince ourselves to watch that Zack Snyder zombie movie. I, I <laughs> fell on that sword for you guys, and uh, and we decided collectively that it was it was a, a waste of our time and your time. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I probably. I'm sure I will watch it eventually when I get just completely bored out of my well, mind. You have, and have two and a half hours to, to throw away. Yeah, I have no interest. But we're gonna do news instead. I just don't know why he can't do his thing in an hour and a half. Like, I would love that movie an hour and a half. Um, uh, a zombie movie in Vegas seems like good, trashy fun, but I just can't deal with his two and a half hours of shit. I'm gonna talk. To, I'm gonna talk about it in the what we're watching, but I can I can guarantee you it wouldn't have been better in ninety minutes. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> All right, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, start now. Let's talk about some news. All this fairly recent because I was too lazy to research anything that happened over two weeks ago. I know. I feel. I feel like you know. We talked about you know things have been ramping up since uh, I don't know a few months ago. Back to like kind of normalcy in the entertainment news. I feel like we're back uh, where it, it's just the the sheer amount is way more than we could possibly do in an episode now, like month to month. So we're, right, we're yes. picking the highlights. Agreed. Uh, first one, this is huge news, just happened today. Amazon buys MGM. Um, this is a big deal. This is, I, I didn't know this went through. I knew this was a thing, but I didn't know it had happened. That's crazy. I was trying to figure out, so I, I know Bond is one of the ones that, that showed up in my news feed. What other properties does MGM own that will now go to Amazon? A value? At least sure, yeah. <laughs> I don't know of any. <laughs> oh. Um reruns of wkrp in cincinnati i don't, I don't know uh, uh i mean the thing is they they bought this i and it seems like the biggest asset is bond but bond's really just a headache like they basically just get to pay for bond they don't get to call any shots with bond the broccolis still get to do whatever batshit stuff they want to do so i mean i don't know if this is a great deal i mean Amazon must have seen something there because they paid $81 billion, which I'm sure is not that much for Amazon, but it's still not chump change. Crazy. What, what all do the, I can't think of an MGM property right now. Do they have, do they have Lord of the Rings? I'm literally looking it up. They got, they, I think they have Hannibal. They have the, they did the silence of the lambs movies. Okay. Uh, that I just feel like MGM is just a thing of 1991. Like I just don't feel like it's been relevant in two decades. Yeah. I can't find any uh, uh, disputing evidence to contradict you. So I guess I guess this may just be for legacy stuff. Who knows? Who knows what they're planning to do with this? I mean, there there is a, a, a pretty good back catalog of, of 70s and 80s sitcoms that they probably have the streaming rights to now, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't really know what, what this does for them. But um, they're smarter than me, so they must have done it for some reason. Yeah. The only relevancy MGM Studios has in my life is when people accidentally still call Hollywood Studios MGM Studios. That's it. Um, (laughs) it, It's weird that it's also now owned by a real life Bond villain. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. There's there's a certain beauty there, I think. Yeah. Moving on, I know. You guys were big fans of this. It is pretty exciting. HBO Max has announced in partnership, I believe, with Cartoon Network, a new Batman and new Superman show 
um, specifically the Batman joke coming from J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves, and Bruce Tim, and the Superman show coming from people I don't recognize, but had quite an animation pedigree as well. I think Jack Quaid voicing Superman yep. um, in that. Uh, but I mean, this is uh, these are this is good news for those characters. I mean, definitely, it's been a long time since we've had any sort of Superman animated product. I think the last thing was, uh, you know, Superman and the Legion of the Superheroes, and that's been 15 years, I think. So, uh, so yeah, th- this is pretty pretty exciting news. You know, uh, you know, me being me, I still found things in the very little information we had to have misgivings about. Uh, the Superman show looks like there's going to be lots of texting. Like, it just seems like it, it, it's... <laughs> You know, I know like exactly wants, what you mean. It, it wants to be like right now. It's like we're going to do a Superman show about about young people right now, and, and they text each other. So we'll do that. And the Batman one, I, I worry it's going to be another young Batman show. And I'm, I'm, you know, I would like to get beyond that. I would the almost forgotten the Batman from the mid oddies already did a really good job of the a young Batman uh, animated show. So I hope we're not retreading that, but definitely having Bruce Tim involved is mostly good news. Yeah, that's I, there encouraging. Is, there is a little misgiving since the last time he revisited Batman. It was the movie where Harley Quinn farted and raped Dick Grayson. But you know, that was probably just a speed bump. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that was terrible. That was, I was embarrassed that I liked anything. <laughs> I was, I, I was embarrassed that, uh, Kevin Conroy had to read those lines. <laughs> right. Uh, but I'm, I, I said, I, I can't wait to see these. I hope they're good. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I'm with you. Hurt. I'm more excited about the Superman series. I have nothing against Batman. I just think that there are a lot of Batman animated series that I mean have come out since Batman the animated series, right? Uh, and a lot of them are you know are good and have a lot of quality. I don't feel like we've had good uh, Superman at least like standalone, uh, you know, since Superman the animated series. And, you know, the, yeah, the only thing I was going to say is I hadn't even thought about the young Batman thing, Jehu, but it probably is going to be that. And that makes me nervous. I would hope since Matt Reeves is making a young Batman movie, he would not want to make a young Batman TV show. But that may be exactly why he wants to make it. I mean, um, I imagine it's going to be a tie in because otherwise, <laughs> like, are we doing it right? <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know, I feel like that was something that the 90s did really well. They took bad movies and made good animated series directly after them that ran for several seasons. I don't know if those animated series were good, but they did do that. Yeah. In some news that is basically exclusively for J.H.U., Henry Cavill has been cast to lead the Highlander reboot. This just makes too much sense for it not to happen. First of all, why is this exclusively for me? Do I have some sort of... uh mythology is being a highlander super fan no i just don't think joseph and i give a shit i think that's accurate (laughs) i i mean i'm i'm into this solely because since the first highlander movie no highlander property has made highlander fans happy like so i look forward to this continuing that tradition uh you know i think he's the right guy for it i think people are generally excited for him in this role Oh, I think it'll be good. I think he'll do a good job. And I think they have stand a chance of making the making movie as good as the movie that people remember Highlander being as opposed to what Highlander actually was. (laughs) 
you know, uh, but I'm just saying Highlander fans are like next level unhappy people. So I look forward to their misery. Yeah, I doubt it'll be good, um, but <laughs> I think he is the right guy for it and he needs work. You know, I, I don't think he was ever the problem. Warner Brothers seems to think he was. Um, and he, de- I think he deserves more than The Witcher, but <laughs> right. he needs, he's got some, you know, something Man, else going for him. He, he's never making another word. Man from Uncle movie. <laughs> Are they? They're not going to. Not because I'm. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I was about to say, yeah, I, I totally watched that. <laughs> yeah. Except, yeah, except for the Army Hammer bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, you know, is he, is he, st- has he ever been officially fired from Superman? I don't know. I think. And now, uh, you know, announcing a new Superman on his birthday was probably a a, a bad sign. But, you know, he, I don't know if he's fired yet, but it's probably good to go ahead and have the next gig lined up. Yeah, he posted some bit about, you know, moving on with life and he never exclusively said Superman in it. But it seems it seems that that divorce is final. Yeah. A um, little bit of Star Wars news. I feel like it's been a hot minute since we talked Star Wars. Uh, Rangers of the New Republic has been canned. Shocker. Gina Carano was was fired months ago. But the other piece of news, probably the more interesting piece of news that came out of that is Dave Filoni has been promoted to creative executive director. Or I might have those things backwards, but I don't know. He's the person making story decisions now. Yeah, that that's nothing but great news. You know, um, uh, you know, that that guy has made exclusively great Star Wars content. And I can't wait to see uh, what happens with him having more control. I don't really know what Dave Filoni's credentials are before he got uh, uh, introduced to George Lucas at some sort of social event. Uh <laughs> But that's got to be one Avatar. Of the, Wasn't he like, a writer on? Avatar? Was he one of the writers of Avatar? I have no idea. But like, I think that's true. That dude is living like the super nerd's dream <laughs> in, a, in a way that that none of us could ever really comprehend. And, yeah, and, and it's great too because he doesn't seem like someone is like, man, this is great. But at some point, I need to do a more adult thing. He's no, like, for no, sure. I, I, I just want to do this thing. This is the thing I'm going to do forever. Yeah. I'm happy for it. You know, this is kind of offshoot of this news. Collider posted an interview today with J.J. Abrams asking him about the sequel trilogy. And I guess originally the plan was always to have three different directors with three different visions. So they never came up with an overarching story, which we've always kind of known. But that now we know for a fact that was intentional. It wasn't just because J.J. didn't want to do it like that was the choice they made. And since that just crashed and burned, they needed this position filled. You're not going to find another Kevin Feige. I know all these people want Kathleen Kennedy fired, but, you know, she runs a studio and she's probably fairly good at that job. It's the creative decisions that needed work. There's only one guy in Hollywood who can do both. Yeah, it's 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 just the smart move for Lucasfilm, I think. Oh, I would say I do, you know, conspiracy brain for a second. I don't think the breakup with Gina Carano is as bad as people make it out to be. I think that was more of a publicity stunt for Disney and Gina Carano. Because, you know, they put her up for an Emmy, I think, like a month ago. So I would not be shocked if this show or that character comes back in some capacity in two years. I mean, obviously, it was a much less timely and egregious issue. But I mean... 
essentially they did that same thing with James Gunn. They put him on the shelf, but I don't think they ever had an intention of not trying to bring him back. So yeah. I could totally see that being true. Yeah. And then let's move in. Let's close out with some trailers. This was a was a good month for trailers, not necessarily the trailers that were good, but they were big trailers. Right. Um, let's start with one that I think is probably the, in my opinion, the medium of the bunch, the Eternals trailer. What were our thoughts? Oh, man, you know, uh, I mean, it didn't really give you much, so it's hard to have a lot of thoughts. But I, you know, since this is the first property that uh, Disney is doing based solely on Jack Kirby creations, I kind of wish the designs would have been a little more outlandish, a little Mm. more, a little more like Ragnarok, like Ragnarok had that sort of look that this could have. But, you know, I can understand why maybe they're trying to... uh, keep it a little more low key on this since it is a pretty unknown property to people at this point. And, you know, maybe if this one does well, you know, we'll get some more of the crazier stuff later on, but I I can't say enough from this trailer to see if this trailer tells me it looks good or bad. It just looks like there's, they've let us know this movie is coming. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel hurt. I just don't think there's enough information in this trailer to determine whether or not it's going to be good or bad or it, it definitely has, uh, I would say it's a teaser. I, I know that, but there's a distinct lack of action in the trailer for right. a Marvel right. movie, which I thought was interesting. But uh, this is directed by Chloe Zhao, right? Correct. Uh, yeah. the, the active best picture winner uh, and best director, Chloe Zhao. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I feel like in theory we're in good hands, but who knows if, if making an Oscar movie and making a dumb superhero movie are, are in any way uh, uh, commutable talents. Yeah, I had two thoughts about this trailer. I completely agree with everything you guys are saying. There was nothing there to dissuade me from this film. There's nothing there to get me on board. Um, my first is Kit Harrington in the one shot he's in, giving the most Kit Harrington face possible. Hey, <laughs> calm down, kiddo. Um, and then the other thing, I hate the we've not interfered line. Like, just don't even say it. Like, the internet's going up about it. Just, just don't, just don't say it. Like, just, just let the fanboards figure it out on their own. Yeah, don't. Right. Yeah, I always, Jay, you talk about pantsing yourself. That's uh, this is a perfect example. You literally gave people something to complain about in the very first thing they've seen of this movie. Like, it, right, and you it gave dumb. it to the most complainy people on earth. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, like that. Yeah, totally. I agree. Like you know, we could sit here all day and debate the problems with that we could come up with solutions for it but at the end of the day that line probably should not have been in the trailer yeah i agree uh the next venom let there be carnage the first time we've seen footage from this movie that i think was supposed to come out like a year ago and it's something (laughs) (laughs) i mean here's the thing i still haven't seen the original venom movie but I can't say, you know, with any confidence that this looks any worse than the the trailer for the first Venom movie. So if the first one was so successful, I don't see why this one can't be. Oddly <laughs> enough, I think this trailer is better than any of the things we saw from Venom 1. I don't think it's good, but I think it's better than what we saw from Venom 1. I, you know, I'm in the extreme minority that I, I thought Venom 1 was pretty fun. I watched it. I had a good time. It's not the best movie you're ever going to see in your life, but I didn't feel like I wasted my money. 
uh, this looks like it's going to be more of the same. Like, you know, uh, it is definitely for, you know, the sort of Deadpool angle of, of uh, geek fans. But, uh, you know, I mean, those people spend money, so they're not going to waste their money on this. And, uh, I, you know, the upgrade on Woody Harrelson's wig, I like it. Yeah, Woody Woody Harrelson, I think, is the... I mean, he's only in, well, you know, the after credits teaser or whatever of, of Venom 1, but it's so bad. Like, that scene is so bad. And everything in this looks much better with him in it. Um, I don't, you know, it's dumb. It's uh, Tom Hardy deserves a better character, but it, it looks like they embrace the dumb. So, sure. Yeah, it's going to be I, bad. I personally think Tom Hardy is wanted this character specifically because he could just fuck around. Like, I, I don't think he wanted something he had to, like, you know, try hard on. It's like, I can just I, I can just do Tom Hardy bullshit and have fun. And that seems like what he does. Is, is Tom Hardy a comic book fan? Because he does kind of feel like he, like, sought this role out. You know what? I don't know. I do not know whether he is or not. I'll talk about this when we talk about what we've been watching. But I've come to the conclusion that Tom Hardy and Idris Elba are actors we think are good, but maybe actually aren't. <laughs> There's a filter there, and yeah. we, it looks like they're good. And then the more you actually break down the career, you're like, maybe they aren't. <laughs> I definitely think they are engaging guys to watch on screen. I don't know if that's necessarily a skill or just an aura. The last trailer was Edgar Wright's new film. I know we're all big Edgar Wright fans here. Last Night in Soho, his first foray into horror. What did we think? Uh, you know, I you know I said this to you in text, but this is the first thing I've ever seen with him that doesn't have like a meta deconstruction angle. Like it seems like he's just making a horror movie, not a movie about horror movies. And I, I'm interested to see how he does that because it doesn't. It seems uh, like a big departure from him. For him, to me, that's the bigger departure than him doing horror because he's done other movies that had horror elements. But I don't think he's ever done a movie that didn't have like a wink nod take take on the thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's still it's still kind of early. I feel like to tell exactly what this movie is because I also have a hard time believing that there's not gonna be that at some point. Uh, right. The 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 plot of this movie is still a little vague. It's there's uh, uh, the the girl from Jojo Rabbit uh, sees. In, in the mirror instead of herself, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is kind of like, I guess that seems like a more uh, brazen, uh, mischievous version of herself. Uh, and I'm not really sure what's going to happen from that hijinks, I guess. But you're right. The trailer doesn't betray any of that. But I, like his, his whole catalog is all, you know, some kind of deconstructive thing. It's hard for me to believe that there's nothing about that in this movie. Maybe there is. Maybe maybe this is, you know, why M. Night Shyamalan can't not make a twist to this movie because people just watch right. the thing for the whole time waiting for the twist. Right. Yeah. Weird because it's kind of both a horror movie and like a time travel movie. Um, and it claims to be a ghost story. Uh, so it seems like a lot of things. I think the deconstruction thing is going to be there. I dug this trailer, though. I, I pretty much loved everything about it. I, I liked the there was a very like 60s, 70s horror influence on it, like the um, flashing multicolored lights. Uh, it, it, it just 
both of those actresses I'm on board with uh, Queens Gabbit and Jojo Rabbit are two of the favorite things I've watched over the last couple of years. Matt Smith is Doctor Who. So here's the, here's the thing I want to complain about. Can we, they stop sending us British people with made up faces and make us pretend like they're they look like real people? Because Matt Smith just it just face is not right. It's not, it's not a human face. No, yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> and and I have to sit there and pretend like, oh yeah, this is a guy that should be like alive, much less on screen. Uh, <laughs> like that's a real thing, and it's not. Benedict Cumberbatch started it, but uh, it seems to be uh, exclusively British exports. Yeah. Th- th- this one I might be pitching outside of your guys' uh, age limit, but do you you guys remember Dire Straits' Money for Nothing video? Of course. <laughs> There, there's an Ed Norton like, or you know, Ed Norton, the honeymooners, not Ed Norton, the difficult actor uh, character <laughs> in that video that looks just like Matt Smith. I think, I think Matt Smith may be just an upgrade of that computer model. That's funny. Uh, I just want to throw out there: Dire Straits is underrated, in my opinion. I, I like that. Dire Straits is so fucking underrated. I, I will agree with you on that. Yeah, no, I like this. I'm uh, everything about this movie has me on board with it, uh, but I'm a sucker for Edgar Wright, so it definitely goes through that filter. I yeah, mean, look, this, he's he's earned it at this point. He hasn't made a movie that we don't like. Right? That's like, true. He hasn't. He has not just that I don't like. He hasn't made a movie that I can't watch over and over and over. So yeah, it it's uh, like I I can't see this not being good. Yeah. I don't have anything else, Joseph. I know you wrote some stuff down. Is there anything you wanted to hit? Uh, we, we're, since we're just in the trailers thing, I wasn't sure if you had any opinions. Do you know anything about Dear Evan Hansen? Oh, fuck. I hate that trailer. Why? Are, okay, we need to talk about this. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about this. Totally. I wanted to, So this is great. Yes. Uh, so listen, I know everyone's complained about what's his name? Ben, whatever uh, his age. He's too old. Like, I hate to add on fuel to the fire, but he's too old to play the role. I love the music for Dear Evan Hansen, and he is fantastic in it. I just don't think he was the right choice for the movie. Um, it looks, it doesn't, he just doesn't look like he fits in. Uh, are you, the plot is terribly sad, um, but I'm still going to watch this movie, and I probably will be at this movie like opening weekend. My wife and I are both like big fans of the music for this, so. I was, God, I, was, he looks old. I was mostly gauging because I, you know, I, I am also generally a musical guy, but I, I know this was hot at some point, and I guess it's still probably pretty hot. Yeah, uh, but I don't know anything about it. Uh, I just watching the trailer, I was like, this seems sad and saccharine, and I know it seems to be about bullying, but I really want to punch that main guy straight in the face. <laughs> uh, it's like the I, reverse of bullying. Like, okay, it's, he's a loner. And he ty- his therapist makes him type up this letter of like things he would want the person to say to him. And then that guy finds it and it's like, this is really uncomfortable. You pretend to be me. And then that guy kills himself. And then his parents find the letter and they're like, our son was so sweet. He was so nice and he was so kind. This is, can we please share this with the world? And the kid's like, uh, yeah, I guess so. And then takes complete advantage of it. And everyone's like, man, it's so great. You like, he said those things to you. You should, you should like be, you should be that guy. Now you should say those things to everybody else. And it's totally made up everything about it's fake. It's a lie. He's just taking advantage of this kid's suicide. It's he's sad. Like he's a loner. He gets bullied and he gets picked on, but I don't know that that's necessarily the right message. Like 
if you're a teenager who gets picked on and all of a sudden people love you, like it's really hard for you to, to say, Hey guys, I was just doing this thing. My therapist said, like, right. I don't know. It, 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 he's both a hero and a villain. And, and, and I, I don't know. The story is a little, I think a little too dark. It's funny. You should say it's too dark. Cause you, uh, you know, I didn't know this was a musical. I didn't know anything about it. When you sent me the trailer, it obviously has an Oscar Beatty feel about it, but I, uh, you know, just going into it cold, that guy's youth disguise looked almost something like an SNL like outfit. Like it he does. had done that yeah. fucking uh, character on SNL and now they've turned it into a movie, but it doesn't work in real life. And I was almost like, man, with different musical cues, this fucking this fucking trailer could be a trailer for a wacky comedy, like a wacky dark comedy. Well, like, it's funny you say that because there is a, a, a movie that has a similar premise called World's Greatest Dad with Robin Williams. Uh, that's really? a, a lot of the same thing, but I, I think we'll probably take a, a, a different tone as far as what the, the message of the story is. The story is Robin Williams' son is, is a real piece of shit kid uh, who he has trouble managing. And then one day the kid accidentally kills himself uh, through autoerotic auto asphyxiation. Uh, and to cover it up and, and to kind of preserve, you know, like save face, Robin William, as a struggling writer, uh, writes a fake suicide note and makes it seem like a suicide. Uh, and then like goes on a whole, you know, like uh, a tour about what a great kid he had and, and like how, how this is very similar. Yeah, no, it's very similar, but it's like it's yeah. played. Robin Williams is a fucking bad like it's it's super bad and then like he knows that he shouldn't be doing what he's doing but he's also like but people are looking at my work uh and it's it's a really it's like a black 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 comedy uh see i think i think as a comedy it probably would work but dear evan hansen doesn't play it as a comedy right and that's kind of where i fought like i think it's good and i like it but i i also like it takes itself a little too seriously where i don't think it really thinks of the messages it's sending um, but we'll see. I mean, Ben Platt can sing those fucking songs. I mean, I, no doubt about it. He, the music will be great. His 38 year old vocal cords oh, are, are seasoned in practice. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I really think, and if I stole this idea from someone else's internet gag, I apologize. But if, if when it says dear Evan Hansen, and right after that, Smash Mouth starts playing. Like that'd be the comedy trailer of the year. It's like, man, I can't wait to see this really funny movie. I just want to see that trailer. Put that on YouTube. <laughs> right. I think you should both go watch World's Greatest Dad after this and and tell me when, what when you was think that made. It. How am I not aware of this? It sounds uh, like it sounds er, like, it's like early twenty tens. It was one. I was one of like those red box movies that I watched. All like these shitty indie indie movies that I watched when I was in college. Uh, i uh if you can find it i don't i don't i think it's good i think it's better than transformers but it is dark right on so you know that that's your choice uh but i think that's it for the news yeah i well, i would say on dear evan hansen <laughs> one more thing one more thing i forgot when it does I, come out i start, review, I, we I, i'm taking you down a dark road christian at the beginning no, 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 of this, no, no, you're no, like no. i'm really excited no. about this i'm gonna be there on the first day and now i feel like you're, you feel required to tell all the things that you don't like about no no no, no no listen listen when we do it we should have my wife on because she, she both big fan of it but she's also read the book so she like knows the material 
like truly she could offer a good perspective all right on fair yeah let's do that all right well i think that's it for the news uh and that's the news (laughs) is that what you're waiting for yeah well in the meantime what have we been watching this past week guys hold on i'm talking uh why don't somebody else go first and let me figure out what his problem is (laughs) hurt um okay yeah I'll, i'll go first uh so, you know, a, a, a few weeks ago, I, I, I said I was over shows. I'm done with shows. But I'm here to talk about the like show that everyone's talking about uh, lately. Uh, uh, I watched uh, the first five episodes of uh, Mayor of Easttown, and I fucking love that shit. It is incredibly good. What is Have it you, about? Oh, OK, see, it's, it's funny because I feel like trying to explain what it's about is going to make it sound shitty because it's almost everything I like about the prestige show right now. Like, you know, it's a, it's like one of those, like, what if we take the burned out cop character who, you know, who uh, has sort of given up on everything and just going through the motions and then find something that makes them engage and care again, a case. And, you know, but what if it was a girl instead? Will that make it exciting? And it doesn't. It just usually proves that women can be boring too. But this isn't it's, you know, a, Kate Winslet is a is a cop who, you know, is in a small town and she seems basically like she's had enough of it. And that seems like a pretty boring premise, but it's it's hard to explain exactly why it's good. I know the first thing that hooked me in on it was it's set in a really small town. And when I say small town, not like Pensacola or even Milton, like it's the kind of small town where everybody knows everybody and your way of life is just trying not to run into people you don't like. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I really related that. That's a lot like hazard Kentucky. Uh, the, you know, there's a pretty great scene early on where, uh, you know, mayor needs gas and the person she wants to see the least on earth is working at the gas station and there's no way around it. She needs gas. And I'm like, I, I, I understand that I have been there. You know, it's just really good. The characters are all well thought out and well acted. The characters are really real. And usually that's another thing I hate when people say, when people say, oh, the characters are real. It's like, oh, you're telling me this is boring. Because usually when someone (laughs) says a characters are real, what they mean is, oh, it's an English butler's, you know, suffering in quiet desperation or some shit like that. But the characters in this are real. They like do something you really respect and then immediately after do the shittiest thing you've ever seen, but it never feels like a betrayal of a character. It just feels like a real person because almost everybody does that. Um, the mystery itself is, is really like well structured. Every episode has a, has a cliffhanger that leads you to believe maybe it's this person, but the next cliffhanger doesn't take that person off the hook. So it really keeps you guessing and almost keeps you to guessing the point where I don't even know if it is a mystery. Like, it's like, do I already know who did this? And this is like a Columbo criminal intent sort of thing. But uh, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just really good. I highly recommend it. I, this show is almost shows what my problem is with shows. Cause if all the shows that are telling a story over a season were this good, I would love, it. but this is this, this one is unique. But yeah, uh, better than Transformers. I highly recommend everybody watch it. Fair enough. I I've, I I knew people have been talking about, it, but I literally I didn't even know it was a mystery show. Like I didn't know literally anything about it. Well, uh, yeah, I the, the, Kate the, Winslet was in it. 
the the I mean, definitely, it seems like at first glance, it seems like it should have been copyright Amy Adams. Like it seems like just like <laughs> like she's like oh like she went to her agents like get me one of those eighty Amy Adams things. I'll be kind of naked in one episode, but uh uh but you know it's it you know the 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 beginning premise is is Mayor is this per- person who played high school basketball and she made this winning shot that she's sort of locally famous for and sort of the whole town is built around but she's had just this increasingly worse life as it goes on and uh yeah i, I feel like i'm doing a bad job of selling mayor east town i'm much better at talking about shit i don't like than i do but it's a really good show and everybody should give it a shot uh yeah i'm gonna I- watch it eventually but I had one other short thing I was going to talk about, and this is more like a public service announcement and stuff. And I don't know if this is for everybody. This might be a specific like Gen X thing, but I feel like you guys like older millennials, which I think that should have their own category, but that's, that's an argument for another day. Um, uh, might, might find use from this. And, and, uh, you know, this is not trying to bomb anybody out, but uh, you know, if you if you if you have any issues in your life, if you suffer from depression and you're in the throes of it and you're around that age, do not watch videos of abandoned malls on YouTube. <laughs> it's the fucking most bleak, depressing thing I've ever done in my life. Don't get me wrong. It is fucking fascinating. Like if you're feeling good, you should watch it because it's just incredible that these feats of architecture are just like closed or have like, you know, one like head shop open with in them inside them or something like that. And are just sitting there taking up this space and nobody uses them. But if you're not feeling good, man, it just, it'll, it'll take you down a dark path. That's it. That's all I got. Um, much my curiosity. To- <laughs> I might watch one of those. Yeah, I used it to might be right up your alley, Joseph, because you love misery. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I used to love walking around University Mall when it was just like four shops and they yeah. were open. <laughs> um, much to everyone's dismay, probably. I want to talk about more Star Trek. Hooray! All right. Yep. I uh Jay, you and I texted a little bit about this this week. I watched Star Trek Nemesis because it is so much of Picard is based on that movie, interestingly enough. And um, I mean, kind of, but also kind of not really at all. Um, there are Romulans in it and data plays an important part. That's it. Um, that movie is better than people give it credit for. Tom Hardy is pretty good in that movie. I think um, again, it's one of those things where I, I had just watched the venom trailer and now I'm watching star Trek nemesis and I'm like, I, I get why he's, I like watching him on screen, but he keeps getting these parts and maybe it's, maybe it's him. Maybe it's not, <laughs> you know, maybe it's not Hollywood. Maybe it's just, you know, he's just not what I think he is. But um, the only real complaint I have with that movie is there's a weird rape scene in it. And it's not so much the rape scene is the problem besides the fact that Tom Hardy mentally reacts rapes Deanna Troy, which is uncomfortable. But the way Riker and Deanna are having sex is also extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> um, what's really weird is when she says, Captain, I've been raped. I don't feel like I can do my job right now. Picard's like, no, you're fine. I need you. Get back to the bridge. And it's supposed to be like encouraging, but it's super dismissive of what Deanna just went through. And it's really uncomfortable to watch. 
I mean, you know, we, we talked about this and thing, but it's not even the first time Deanna's been space raped. So I feel like there should have been some sympathy from, hey, we probably didn't handle this so great the last time. Let's handle it right this time. But no, the, he still handled it like shit again. Yeah. Uh, isn't that sex scene also the one where they digitally remove Riker's back hair? I believe it is. That's because it's not digitally removed well. There are still some bits <laughs> where you can still see some back hair. I I respect him because they asked him to shave it and he said, No, I'm not doing that. So a large sum of money had to be spent to take his back hair off. That's uh that's pretty great. Uh shout out number two for my wife. Um, she was talking to Kate and I just watched all of Next Generation and we started Picard together, but she quit because it it's fucking bad. And uh, she was talking to somebody about it and she was like, you know, I just wish they would have done a show about Worf instead. And, and she was like, even Riker would have been great. And then she had the memory of seeing Jonathan Franks, Franks in real life just like two years ago and being like, you know what? No, don't. He doesn't need to be on TV anymore. <laughs> um, and it was kind of true when Nemesis came out. Jonathan Franks probably doesn't need to be on TV, even in 1998. It's probably done. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not talking shit. Good for him. But he enjoys snacks more than he enjoys acting. That's very true. Um, the other thing I watched was Star Trek Beyond, um, which I have not watched this movie since the theaters because I liked it so freaking much. And I just every time I've gone to watch it again, I'm afraid I'm not going to like it. But uh, it's only one of like three Star Trek movies on Paramount Plus. Uh, or maybe it's on Hulu, whatever. And so I checked out that movie's fucking great. It is really, it is. really good. Um, if we had more Star Trek content like that, I would not have been bitching the last four weeks about Star Trek <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, I, I think it's the most Star Trek y of any of the Star Trek movies. It's the most like what I want of Star Trek. And it's just a fun movie if you don't give a shit about Star Trek. Yep. Uh, I don't think I, I really, you know, I don't think we talk about Carl Urban as Bones near enough. It's so fucking fun. He's so great. Um, I like that that movie has odd pairings. The cast is strong. Again, I'm not entirely sure Idris Elba is good. Um, oh, look, this, is, know- this is not the best Idris Elba role, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you know the twist of that movie, it's very apparent. They lay all the seeds really well. Um, it is definitely not a mystery that comes out of anywhere, you know, nowhere. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really, really like that movie. It's better than Transformers. Yeah, I was going to say you, you like the odd pairings, but for me, the best part of this movie is where they finally did the correct pairing, which is Bones and Spock. Yep, because that were all I could watch that forever. Trek. Yeah, they were so fun. Yeah, it's so weird that we they waited so long to do that. Like they've really had. Kirk and Spock and Kirk and Bones, but never Bones and Spock, right. and very little of the three of them together. Right, totally. And that's really the core of you know the original Enterprise crew is like those three dudes and the chemistry they have. I mean, according to I think it's Star Trek Four, they all go you know climb mountains and go camping together. Like <laughs> we don't get that out of the the JJ verse version of those three. Well, and I mean, and it really, it's, it's the whole decision-making process. You know, Spock is brain thoughts, Bones is dick thoughts, and Kirk has to decide which one of them is right. Dick thoughts. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think there are a lot of things we could point to these days to indicate that 
maybe society's wrong about some things. Uh, but I feel like the fact that this was of the three, the one that killed this franchise is, is probably one of the early indicators that, you know what? Maybe people are wrong. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Well, also, yeah, this maybe is Justin doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. This is Justin Lin. Like, it's it so much about this movie was all right, we're going to take it out of JJ's hands. Simon Pegg writes it, Justin Lin directs it, and it's a much better movie. And yet, people don't show up for it. It, it mm. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Because it's good. Doesn't... This one's one of my favorite movies to just throw on any time. There's, there's never a scene in this movie that I don't find it engaged. Yeah, agreed. It's fun. That's it. Fair enough. Uh, this week, I watched a couple things. I was a, a movie machine this week. I, uh, I finally got around to watching New Mutants, which I think only Hurt has watched, if I'm correct. Nope, I watched it. Oh, you watched we, it we, also? We both, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm the last one to the party. Shit. All right. Uh, you know... I think this movie is a lot better than it should be. I feel like particularly the cast overcame a lot of, you know, uh, budgetary constraints and bad script and bad characters and bad everything to make a pretty like charismatic cast. I, I feel like if you gave this movie $10 million, it probably could have been a good movie as opposed to what I uh, have to assume is like $7 and 50 cents that they used to actually make this movie. Right. right. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it, it's. It, I, I think so many things are bad about it. I think a lot of it is like money restrained, at least you know effects and maybe even timing for like scripts and stuff. But it's it's way more charming than it has any right to be, and it's literally like just on the cusp of being a pretty entertaining film. Right. Uh, so uh, I, I I really like. I wished that this had gotten more money, or we could do something else with this. But I know it's dead now. Uh, but I, I really, you know, for as much as we rag on like the, the time capsule 2017 cast, I really liked everybody. They were all like pretty charming characters. Uh, yeah. You, you know, obviously I've talked about this movie twice on here, but I, I think it's, I think it's, I had a good time watching it. I'm not saying that it's great, but I think it's, it's good. And, you know, particularly for all the trouble it went through and, you know, all that. And also, it, of all the Fox X-Men films, it's the most, these are the characters as they are. Like this is those characters off the page. You know, mm. it's not like, it's not like Fox's version of, Oh man, we've got to, we've got to change road to like a goth preteen or nobody's going to get it. You know, it's, it, this is, this is those characters. So I, I liked this movie a lot and I agree. I wish it would have made more because I would have liked to see what they would have done next. It's definitely shorter than Transformers. I was about to say, I, I would give it <laughs> yeah. worse than Transformers, but shorter than Transformers. <laughs> see, I still, I'm of the belief that shorter than Transformers in almost every case means better than I see and I, I I kind of have to agree with you because I would almost always go for a 90 minute movie even if I knew it was bad rather the, than watch Transformers the 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 kryptonite to my argument is of course fan test. Sure. like that movie's like 82 minutes and it's gone but it feels like so much longer <laughs> yeah, true uh the other movie I watched notably uh is uh Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead on Netflix now uh, oh boy you yourself uh, it's just bad. It's just bad all the way around. Uh, you know, it's based, it's, it's an original property. It came out of Zack Snyder's brain. Uh, and that's not a good place for ideas. Uh, it's just, it, I, I, I know at some point we're probably going to do a zombie episode. So I might save like my thoughts on what makes 
you know, what kind of things you can do with zombies to make them interesting. Uh, but, you know, there's a wealth of, of other things to draw from for inspiration on, on what makes this genre successful. And Zack Snyder draws on none of them. They're just boring, regular zombies that try to dodge bullets, but badly. Right. Uh, and all of the characters, like, the, I don't know, for a guy that seems so popular, like all of his scripts, I don't know if you wrote the script, but they just feel like he's never talked to another human person before. They're not, they're not <laughs> characters. They're like, they have lines and some of them are kind of annoying in slightly different ways, but they're not like, they're not people in any way. Uh, and so I don't give one shit about any of them when any of them die. Uh, it's two and a half hours long. It's a real slog every every fucking stretch of the way. I don't think there's one fucking fun second in it. I uh, I heartily recommend you do not watch this. <laughs> Army of the Dead, way worse than Transformers. You know what mainly talked me into watch not watching it because I you know I hadn't really looked into it much. I just knew that it was a zombie movie in Vegas and there was a heist. I was like, well, that all sounds kind of cool, but. Uh, what talked me out of it was that oh these these zombies can like think and reason and and that's that's actually what I was getting into when 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 I watched uh, when I saw the trailer for it, that's what I was interested in because I was like oh you know I am Legend really fucked this up uh, but maybe we can do I am Legend again just with a different name but no that's not what we did either. Well, I, I just think once you get to that point, you're basically just doing Mad Max post-apocalyptic people. So why not just make that kind of movie? Like you know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's bad. Don't watch it. Uh, the only thing I, yeah. uh, I I wanted to add to this was like, Jehu, I, I was planning on watching. I was intrigued by the concept a lot, but I have just waned on Dave Bautista so much in like the last like two weeks. That guy just <laughs> whines about everything. And it's just I just I can't I can't do it. He really needs to stop talking. He is yeah. so much more interesting saying less because yeah, yeah I, I've seen so many interviews from him lately and just like, they're just like, they're like, you seem like a real boring and kind of annoying dude. Yeah. It's been, you know, complaints about Warner brothers, not making him Bane complaints about Marvel for making him Drax. I mean, just right. fucking complains about everything. Right. And it, it's a, uh, it, I just have not had any want to watch him on screen lately. Uh, and then the last thing I watched is I watched a, a kind of, I don't know, kind of a, a classic, uh, I, I guess it's an anime movie, uh, Perfect Blue, which the educated among you might recognize as being a heavy inspiration for Darren Aronofsky, uh, both Requiem for a Dream and heavily uh, Black Swan. It's about a, uh, a young pop singer who tries to get into acting uh but as like uh you know as she gets into the the filming life and and doing some more intense scenes and things that she wasn't expecting uh she starts to kind of lose grip on what's you know what's real and what's on stage or what's on on camera and what's not and all that kind of stuff uh i thought having watched uh black swan would ruin this movie for me not ruin but like i wouldn't enjoy it as much i guess uh, but I was wrong. This is a fucking blast. It's really, it's it's really well animated. It's it's very. Uh, uh, I, I know this is more of an insult these days, but try to take it as like the compliment version uh, of. Uh, reminds me of of you know kind of Nolan style editing of kind of messing with your perception of how each each shot is related to the previous shot. 
but not in a way that feels gimmicky in a way that I think like actually tells an interesting, interesting story. I think it's really good. If, if you haven't seen it uh, and you liked black Swan, I think this is a, a much better version of black Swan. Uh, so check it out. But uh, perfect blue. Uh, the, this guy has made three other movies and then died untimely in an untimely fashion. Uh, so I might watch his other three movies now because this one was really good. Uh, where, where do you get that on? Uh, I'd rented it. Oh, right on. Um, it, was, it was $2. Yeah, uh, my, <laughs> my, uh, uh, my review walking out of Black Swan, I think, was, was on point, and I think it still stands, that Black Swan is basically an Aussie song. It's mm. just like what a 14-year-old thinks is cool about going crazy. Mm. But, uh, so I, I'm not a fan of that movie, but I'd watch a better version of it. <laughs> I don't hate Black Swan, but I think this... <laughs> This has this has a more interesting message than because right. I agree with you. I think that that is pretty much what that is. I think this one's more about like uh, kind of like your your presentary self, the 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 you that you want other people to see you as versus the you when you're not on, uh, right? Which I which I think they they do in a really interesting way. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's got a little bit more meat than Black Swan, mm, right? Uh, and then the last thing, this is just specifically for Christian. Is Critical Role ending? It's coming off the air, bro. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. Campaign 2 is, anyway. So is this is this coming episode going to be the last episode of this season? Or this campaign? Mm, so I'm guessing you haven't finished the last episode. I have episode. not finished this episode yet, no. So, no. There will probably be two more, I Two think. more? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would say... I, I my heart wants to say three more, but it depends on how quickly they want to wrap things up. I know they so said they're going to do like two. a wrap up thing on on uh, Monday for I guess the talks probably. Uh, yeah, they they put out today that if you had a question for talks for the wrap up episode, then start submitting them. Um, but yeah, I, I I haven't I haven't accepted it emotionally. Next week you'll hear that I've restarted campaign two. Uh, <laughs> Because I'm not ready to to be done with it yet. I'm so excited for you. I I, I just want to go back and do the whole seafaring arc because the the Ukatoa arc is the best. It's the just the best fucking D and D shit I've ever enjoyed, and I've enjoyed many hours of D and D shit. Yeah. I, I, so for those of you who don't know, uh, this you know this is D, uh, Critical Role's second campaign. It's been going on for. 130 some odd episodes, maybe 140 coming this week, uh, but they're bringing it to a close. Uh, so for anyone who's listened to us talk about it for a long time uh, and kind of wants to get in, but is intimidated by all the shit that's, you know, uh, the, the existing catalog, uh, good news in the near future, we'll be starting back from episode one. So we will definitely let you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. And we starting over. I wonder though, how long it's going to take between campaign one and campaign two on talks a few weeks ago. Sam said he already has his campaign three character done. So it's, um, it's I I think it's going to be at least a month, but I don't know. Maybe I'm this, thinking this, like three months. I'm thinking like the fall. Yeah, this I mean this is their primary job, so I I can't imagine it would be too long. But fuck, what do I know? I don't know how they make money. Yeah, it, they uh, you know interestingly enough, they're going to leave level fifteen, probably level sixteen. I think after I think after the Lucian fight, he'll bump them up, but. Uh, with a lot of loose threads. I mean, yeah. Ukatoa still out there. Uh, Trent still out there. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I, I think they maybe learned their lesson a little bit from Vox Machina, where they didn't have anything to go back to. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly. Like, what I think I think now yeah. a lot of the the money making is the world building uh, mm-hmm. and, and selling the world to people. 
Uh, so I, I agree. I think, I think those, those are very intentional choices. Well, and I think, for example, to your point about the world building, like now they have their own gaming company. Like you have a, a Ukatoa tabletop game coming out like next week. You, you're going to kill that character and your you know game and then try to publish games with that character. Like I give that it's all made up and it's all fantasy, but I think for them, there is some ounce of reality to it. And so, you know, maybe the cloven crystal is just something that's will always be present in critical role from here on out. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, it, it's, it's a sad day of coming, but it's, you know, I'm sure people who were watching the show at the end of campaign one felt the same way. And then campaign two, I would argue was better. So you know, maybe campaign three will be even better. Yeah, it's weird because it's like I watched campaign two starting like probably 10 weeks in. And then I've watched it consistently every week um, because I knew we we're all like on the ending. I've been watching the entire episode Thursday night. So staying to like one thirty two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> You're a wild um, man. Yeah. And uh, so it, it's a weird emotion, but I'm also just really excited to see where it goes in the future. So I don't know. It's It's both sad and exciting. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I was trying to ask you because if if they do that, I will stay up and watch the finale, but I will probably take off some work in the morning <laughs> so I can yeah. sleep. Well, I, I I don't think it's a spoiler to say that they're you know you're not finished with the episode. They only get through about five rounds of combat with Lucian in that yeah, episode yeah. because it takes so freaking long to get through the the order. Yeah. Um. So they're not like anywhere close to done with fighting him, but I'd imagine. And this isn't his, even his final form. Yeah, uh, yeah, keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy right. Lucian with his nine packs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. That's, that's enough. <laughs> Everybody should watch Critical Role. We talk about it enough. Just join in. It's, it's going to be easier for you in the long run. I, I, I think once it's, once this I don't hold me to this, but once this one's over and it seems like there's a chance for me to catch up, I may start. Just don't even worry about the pressure of catching up. When the new campaign starts, start with that one. All right. It won't won't be. I mean, there will be connective tissue, but they've done such a good job for you not to have to watch campaign one to enjoy campaign two. Okay, then I will do that. Yeah, we'll let you know. That would be the greatest joy of of, I know mine and Christian's life hurt. Uh, I mean. I guess listening to you guys talk about it for two years, I'm just throwing up my hands and saying, well, fuck it. <laughs> there you go. Can't beat him. Join him. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's it for this week. Oh, damn. This one ran longer than I was expecting it to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so next week, maybe quiet place. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, maybe something else, but I uh, thank you guys for listening. If there's any other news or anything that we missed, uh, please let us know. Real uh, please rate and subscribe. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your friends into Critical Role. Uh, if you uh, please like, subscribe on Facebook and Twitter at Real Phonies, on Instagram at Real underscore Phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for our and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. <laughs> <laughs>